It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross. Gross. Yes! Touchdown! They did it! Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Thanks for tuning in and joining us on a Monday. Recapping the weekend that was, looking ahead to a busy week this week. Uh, Love to hear from you as well. Full Court Press text line is open, 435-339-0321. Love to hear your thoughts, your comments. Um, And um, we've got the, the latest... Net rankings, the latest Ken Palm. Jason always breaks down a variety of different uh, statistical rankings for Utah State basketball. Did they get any votes? Are they in the top 25? Uh, Utah Jazz, after they looked like maybe they're going to start to get some things right with Mike Connolly coming back, hasn't really made a difference just yet. Um, But we'll continue to look at that. And it's the start of bowl week. Bowls begin this upcoming weekend. And an exciting announcement coming up here on the fan as we're going to have a lot of bowls, uh, especially tied to the Mountain West, that uh, we're going to be able to have uh, as part of our programming over the next uh, several weeks. So really exciting uh, to be a part of that. So a lot of things to get through here uh, on the fan. Uh, we'd love to get your thoughts also. 435-339-0321. And uh, Jason, let's start with... You know, Utah State, one of just seven teams now in America uh, that are, uh, or is it eight teams? Seven or eight teams that are undefeated? Seven. Seven teams. Uh, but Utah State has not cracked the top 25. They are getting some votes. Uh, they got some votes, and then they didn't get votes, and now they are getting votes again. But um, the the net rankings love the Aggies, but voters are not yet too keen on Utah State just yet. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Actually, it's kind of interesting because of the seven teams that are undefeated. Three of them are in the Mountain West. Um, those three are also the only undefeated teams not ranked. So not a whole lot of respect to the Mountain West right now. Um, the other four, three of them are in the top three. UConn, Virginia, and Purdue are ranked in the top three in both the uh, coaches and AP poll. Not necessarily in that order. They're in slightly different orders in both polls. And then Mississippi State is another undefeated team. They're like 17th in AP, 20th in the coaches. And then you've got UNLV, New Mexico, and Utah State, I think in that order in both polls. There's been more respect for UNLV and New Mexico than there has for Utah State, at least among human voters or human ranking systems. Um, Mostly because UNLV and New Mexico have something resembling marquee wins. UNLV beat uh, Creighton. No, Dayton, excuse me who at the time were ranked 21st. I don't think Dayton's even in the top 25 or receiving votes yet, or anymore. They might be. And then New Mexico beat St. Mary's at St. Mary's. Very impressive win for them. Um, And St. Mary's just themselves cracked the top 25, I believe. 
Utah State has Oral Roberts, and that's it. <laughs> and I guess Bradley, they're kind of close too. So it's that that's why, and we, we've talked about this before, and, and I've said this before, it's going to take a while for Utah State to get any real respect in the AP poll because they won't play anybody. AP poll voters want marquee wins. If you beat the number nine team in the country, you get uh, you get consideration almost immediately. There was almost more of a chance of BYU getting votes in the poll because they just barely beat, beat a top. Creighton. Yeah, they just beat Creighton, who was 21st. Uh, they were not going to get votes because they're like 6-5 and five or 7-5 and five or something like that. But if they'd been, say, I don't know, 7-3 and three and then beat Creighton, they would have gotten votes in the poll from somebody over a Utah State team that's 8-0 and oh because that's what voters respect. Um, I'm not going to necessarily knock that kind of voting. I've expressed uh, my distaste for certain AP voting trends previous, but that's not necessarily one that I'm uh, too upset about. And, and to be honest, look kind of to, to back up the AP a little bit more, if you look at all the different computer rankings, you know, I, as you said, I'd, I've been doing this every week, basically since the preseason. I keep adding different uh, <laughs> ranks where I think I started out with like three or four and now I'm at nine <laughs> to where I'm adding them all you together. just keep adding, yes. So it's, it, there was one that I decided to just subjectively throw out. is like the KPI rankings, I think. And the reason I threw them out is a weird reason. It's because they rank Utah State second in the country. Wow. So I, I was like, nope, threw it out. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm sorry. I will not wear glasses that blue. <laughs> And it would completely throw off these rankings. It's already bad enough, including the NET, where it's like the NET just just adores Utah State. And it makes Utah State a little closer than the average ranks to San Diego State, probably more than they should. Especially since San Diego State is 53rd in the NET. They've been tanking it in the NET so far. Um, but if you look at these average rankings, Utah State's 38. Among these nine different rankings, a low or you know a best ranking of 12, a worst ranking of 61st, from none other than ESPN. Who would have thought? Of course, <laughs> ESPN has like everyone in the Mountain West between like 60 and 70 or something like that, instead of the NET that has like a bunch of them in the top 40. But you know Utah State's usually in the 40s. Most of them have Utah State between like 35 and 50-ish. And where does the AP poll have them based off the voting totals? 42nd. It's about where they are. So if you want to get on the AP poll, they have them. They have Utah State about where everybody else does. Yeah, but was it the, was it the AP or the coaches that looked like they had a major screw-up in the poll? Uh, it was the AP. It was a mistake. It was an honest human mistake is what it was. Mississippi Valley State, who is in the Ken Palm, I think, 362nd. One in nine. Is there yeah, they're one in nine. One of the worst teams in the country. And uh, what it was, there was this, I forget her name. I think she's a voter in Wisconsin. But um, she meant to put Mississippi State, who's, uh, they ended up 17th in the eight people. I think she was going to put them 20th, which, you know, as she has every right to do. And that's about where, a bunch of other people probably had them. And somewhere along the way, either in her clicking on the wrong team or somebody reading it wrong, Mississippi State turned into Mississippi Valley State. <laughs> and so, so a 1-9 team gets as yeah. many points in the poll as Utah yeah, State. Yeah, they did. So it's, Undefeated. It's, it's funny, but you, you, 
you should recognize. And I think she said as much on Twitter as like, it was a mistake. It happens. It goes down in history as a, as a screw up. You can understand. She didn't mean there wasn't a voter that actually legitimately thought that Mississippi Valley State <laughs> was the 20th best team in the country. It's a, it's one of those human errors that sneaks through every now and again. Must have been a monumental one win. Some, <laughs> somebody really should be double checking these though. Like, I don't know. <laughs> some, some like, are you sure before you hit submit? It reminded me of the one time where it was the Mountain West. Uh, women's basketball poll like four or five years ago and you know they have the first place votes in parentheses and san jose state was picked to finish last in the mountain west but they got one first place vote it's kind of like this except the fact that san jose state ended up either winning or finishing like in the top two or three in the conference that year so that one person who looked like an idiot turned out to be very very <laughs> they're right. very clairvoyant yes <laughs> Or a mistake, because actually I, I was voting in that poll, and I was worried that I'd accidentally messed up and reversed my bracket, or my uh, uh, voting order, that I'd <laughs> done it backwards and put San Jose State at the top. <laughs> but I, I couldn't go back and check my own uh, ballot. So I, I don't know if it was me or if somebody else was just smart and knew what was up. If they knew what was going on. Uh, now, there are some interesting trends uh, outside of Utah State, though, when looking at these latest uh, numbers that are out, and there were some real movers in the net rankings, and in, and in Ken Palm as well, but Wyoming has been struggling a bit, and uh, they moved up 55 places. San Jose State moved up 66 places compared to where they were last week when the inaugural rankings for net were released last Monday. Yeah, I'll tell you what, the back end of the conference really jumped up this week. When I did my these yes. average rankings things, uh, Wyoming went up 21 places, Air Force went up 31, San Jose State went up 34. And obviously you mentioned the NET where they've gone up in that particular metric. The, the back end of the conference is really picking it up. Now some of the top end of the conference is stalling a little bit. San Diego State fell back a little bit because they picked up another loss. Utah State, funnily enough... Um, they moved back in a few metrics despite winning. I'm and he's usually only like one or two spots. They moved up in the NET. Um, they start they started at 15. They kind of slid back to 18, maybe 19 by the time it tipped off against Loyola. Jumped up from 18 to 12. Um, but another metrics has Utah State going down, so it's kind of weird. It is odd. So, <laughs> like, like, I think Ken Palm had them at 40, and now they're at 41 on Monday. You know, a uh, so couple of teams in the Mountain West that we thought were going to be pretty solid teams, certainly Wyoming, we know their struggles mostly because of injury, um, and they just haven't had a full roster available very much to them. Fresno State, another team that's been really disappointing compared to what we thought they were going to be able to do uh, in the preseason where they looked at the um, – uh, the the preseason polls that came out, there are a lot of people who liked Fresno State. Uh, they're not there. They're, they've been struggling so far this year. But you've got um, in the in the NCAA net rankings, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six teams in the top 100. And of those six, San Diego State has the the lowest rating of those of those teams, which is really surprising. Yeah, they're. 
they are, I think they are below Utah State, Boise State, UNLV, and New Mexico. I think, yeah, they are sixth or so. But different in Ken Palm, and we've said these, yeah. they're like different things. San Diego State is number one among Mountain West schools in Ken Palm. They're at uh, ranked 30th compared to 53rd in the net. Yeah. Yeah, the net is very, you know, very high on you know Utah State, Boise State, UNLV, New Mexico, and even Nevada. I think Nevada's highest ranking of all these different computer metrics was their NET, which I think they're 49th in the NET. So it's really like those teams. It's not like San Diego State. Um, even though, as like I said, like Utah State, their average rank is about 38. The average rank for San Diego State is like 36. That makes it seem close, but I think every single ranking except for NET has San Diego State as the best team in the Mountain West. And Utah State generally is a clear second. Well, San Diego State has played four games that are quad one games. Yeah, they've... And like They're all, one and three in those games, but they have four yeah. games against quality competition. They've played a, a very tough schedule. Um, and I, I don't think the NET gives them credit for that, or at least enough credit for that. So they've not been able to capitalize. If they had been able to win those games, this would be a team that would probably be in the top five. If they were, I don't know, what are they, seven and three? Yes. So they, if they were, I say, nine correct. and one, and they'd beat Arizona and... They just lost to St. Mary's, and they also lost to, oh, to sorry. Arkansas. San Diego State is six and three. Six and three. Okay, so let's say they were, say they were eight and one. Let's say they lost to maybe Arizona, but they beat Arkansas and St. Mary's. I think is the team they just lost to. Right. They probably they wouldn't be in the top five. They maybe be top ten. A nine and zero San Diego State team is probably close to, if not in the top five, because they'd have multiple top, you know, twenty five wins. I don't know where Arkansas in. in uh, Arizona are now. I think Arizona's taking a bit of a tumble because they lost to Utah and maybe somebody else. Uh, Arizona currently ranked 15th. Okay, so they're still doing all right. So, yeah, San Diego State would be doing a lot better, but, you know, still a really solid team. They were really competitive in those games, which certainly helps them in terms of, you know, the AP voters. Um, I think they dropped out of the top 25. Yeah, they're well, they were top twenty-five team. Yeah. Then they lost to St. Mary's, and now they're back out. Yeah, they're in the so others receiving votes. They've kind of gone back votes. and forth and back and forth. Yeah, so this is the first time they've been out of the AP poll, I think, this year. So, you know, they're they're still a good team. Probably, I would still say they're the best in the Mountain West, mainly because I haven't seen the Aggies what they can do against top-tier talent. I've seen what San Diego State can do. They're clearly a good team. Are they a great or elite team? Probably not. Uh, relative to the rest of the Mountain West, maybe you could say they're elite, but in terms of being up there with the best in the country, they're not. You know, they've shown that. But they're still a really good team. And while I can say that Utah State is at least a good team, I cannot yet say they are a really good team or a great team. Partly because while we've seen performances against other good teams, we've seen them perform well against Oral Roberts, against Bradley, against San Francisco in a neutral site, against Loyola in a neutral site. The San Diego wrote my, my take on San Diego's looking worse by the week. Because <laughs> now that that's a quad four game now, by the way. Yes. A quad four road game. That's that's how bad I was on that take. I thought San Diego State was gonna be so or San Diego, excuse me, was gonna be so much better than they are. But you know, Utah State's done, done well against good teams. But doing well against good teams only makes you a good team. 
It doesn't make you a great team. It doesn't make you an elite team. It just means you're a good team. It just means you're a good team. Yeah, which is nice. Their state is better than I thought they'd be. And they're on the cusp of having the best start in program history. If they win their next two games against which are very doable <laughs> against non-division one Westminster, their division two team, and NAIA, against, not even oh, are they NAIA? Two. I thought they were division yeah. two. No, they're NAIA. Oh, geez. Uh, so NAIA Westminster and Weber State, who I think last I checked was like two fifty seventh. Uh, I don't think they're even that good. They're three twenty one. Oh, maybe that was you. Oh, that was probably somebody else. I confused them. So three hundreds. Weber State. I think it was Ken Palm they were like in the 250, and then in NET they're like way low. Maybe. Could be. I'm looking at the NET for Weber yeah. State. They're 321. Yeah, so they're way low in NET. So if if they don't have the best start in program history at this point, that'd be an enormous disappointment. So and and just to clarify, the 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 best start in program history is uh, it belongs to a couple different seasons, 1917-18 and 1938-39. I put it on Twitter, so if you go there, you can find it. Uh, right now, they're tied with the 1961-62 team, who also started 8-0. So it's been a while since they've started this good. About 60 years. Almost exactly. <laughs> Not too shabby. Uh, we've got a lot of texts coming through, 435-339-0321, if you want to chime in. Uh, 2305 texting in, do you know what Aggie football players are in the portal? Uh, uh, got a, there's a few that I know of. Um, John Gentry, former running back. Ron, uh, can't pronounce his last name. He's a tight end. Um, and then there's a few other players who just never really saw time. It's not really n- notable players. I don't mean that as a slight to them. It's just they were, just didn't see significant playing time for Utah State. That So those are the ones that I'm aware of. I don't know if you, Jason, are aware of any others. Um, there was probably, what, four or five, I think, that we saw. Granted, this just opened up officially last Monday, so I haven't really seen too many over the last several days, but um, I think there was about four or five Aggie football players in the portal, but not any real significant players. That At least players who played significant minutes. I'll put it that way. That's a better way of putting it. Yeah, Utah State. Oh, geez, this list has grown. Last time I checked, it was pretty small, but this is um – This is at least one transfer tracker site, and it's mostly guys. Well, no, that's well, that's not right. This is last year's. I don't know how I landed on that one. No wonder it was longer. <laughs> There's like 20 names on it. And then all of a sudden I saw Andrew Peasley, and I was like, wait a minute. That's not right. <laughs> he transfers <laughs> transferring again from Utah State. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it, it isn't that many. I think uh, Xavier Williams um, also – Jumped on among the players transferring. He's probably the most recognizable name. Granted, he's among those who just didn't get snapped, so it's not like he's, you know. Like I said, players yeah. with significant minutes, he was, wasn't one of those guys. Yeah, so um, yeah, I, I can't find um, the, uh, the tracker I was looking for. 
but yeah, basically it's it's nobody significant that I've seen yet. The one, let's see, 24/7's tracker, it's well, this might also just be last year. Tell you what, we'll keep digging during the break and see if we can find anything more uh, detailed on that. That's a fair question uh, that we should uh, try to find out. Um, also, just a follow-up from 2305. Can, you guys, can guys from other schools transfer now if they have a school that wants them? Uh, yes. Yes, it is kind of free agency now. Um, so, yes, if there's a school that's trying to uh, reach out to them through various third parties then a player can enter the portal and then magically within, you know, a day an hour. Have, a, have a new destination already selected. Yeah, so I found the one I was looking for. Um, so, again, the most notable is Avery Williams, Crew Wakely, I think, Addison Trupp, Ron Tiavasu, the name I can't pronounce, Tiavasu, Tiavasu, uh, Luke Marion, Garrett Larson, uh, my heart melts. He's the Davis High guy. Mm. Yeah, he leaves. I think he was a walk-on, so I don't even know if he uh, – can he just leave anyway? <laughs> if he's a walk-on? Or did he actually get a scholarship? I, I don't know if he was awarded a scholarship or not. Um, he's a John Gentry, Troy De La Vega, uh, Sacco Olif- Olifipo. <laughs> Badly mispronouncing names. <laughs> um. So, yeah, that's what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players. None of them getting very many snaps. There's probably not a single player on here who got more than like 15 snaps this year o- outside of maybe special teams. Yeah. Uh, more texts coming through. We'll get to those. We do need to take a timeout as well. I'd love to hear from you at 435-339-0321. A little bit later on, we'll also reveal who won pick six as we uh, recap the weekend that was on the Full Court Press here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Cares for Christmas is dedicated to helping families this holiday season. We need your help this Christmas to give back to those in our community. Go to caresforchristmas.org to learn more and reserve items for families in need, like coats, warm winter clothes, gift cards, and toys. That's caresforchristmas.org. And thanks for caring this Christmas. Cycles and Sleds wants to say thank you to all who came out to their grand opening event and snow show recently. It was a huge success. But the savings are not done. They are going to continue the sale because they still have a large selection of snow and motocross gear to choose from. Just in time for Christmas. Cycles and Sleds at their new location, 3475 North Highway 91 in Hyde Park. Online at cyclesandsleds.com. Daryl's Appliance is feeling the Christmas spirit and wants to spread some cheer. Join them December 17th to enter to win a KitchenAid stand mixer and other prizes at Daryl's during their in-store event. Get some hot cocoa and a picture with their special guests, Santa and Mrs. Claus. They have Christmas specials all December on GE, Whirlpool, and other appliances. Plus, get 12 months interest-free financing and Daryl's famous service that backs every sale. Only at Daryl's, west on Airport Road. 
Alpine Home Medical has been around for over 25 years. Can you believe that? Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent. What keeps us coming to work every day? We're passionate about caring for you. From home and bathroom safety to transportation, mobility, recovery, oxygen, sleep, and more, come into any of our 10 locations today and let us take care of you. Visit us at alpinehomemedical.com. And now, the, the, the Dan Patrick Show. Dan Patrick. I don't think there's anybody who thought Patrick Mahomes doesn't have enough time to be able to go down and score and, and beat the Chargers. <laughs> That's how I felt. No, and, and, and look, I, I just realized, you know, there's just certain things where in sports you accept it. The Dan Patrick Show. Dan and the Danettes and you. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Which local high schools do you follow and support? Find your favorite high school logoed items at the Locker 42 North store. Yes, Locker 42 North has high school logoed hoodies, t-shirts, blankets, and more. Green Canyon, Mountain Crest, Logan, Ridgeline, and Skyview can all find their high school logos on apparel at Locker 42 North. And high school logoed items make great Christmas gifts. Logoed items from all your favorite high schools exclusively at the Locker 42 North store, 1430 North Main, next to Little Caesars. Valley Office Systems has now been serving Northern Utah and Cache Valley since 2007. We sincerely thank you for your support over the years and want to wish you a happy and healthy holiday season. Visit valleyofficesystems.com for all your copier, printer, and furniture needs. Following the local teams, it's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to Full Court Press. Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Uh, don't forget, coming up uh, in a little bit, we had a, bu- a busy week of high school hoops. So who's going to be this week's prep basketball player of the week? Uh, that's coming up tomorrow. you have tomorrow about 4.30. We had uh, seven nominations. Last week we had like four, I think. Four or five. And, you know, gathering nominees, I was like, holy cow, there's so many great players that did well this week. And I think there was only one repeat nominee, actually. Yeah, I think there's only one because last week it was Emily Skinner, Justin Anderson, uh, Cambry Tensmeyer, and I'm forgetting the last one. But this week it's bunch of different players. I, I posted on Facebook and the fans' Twitter account so you can see who's nominated and then we'll reveal tomorrow which of those seven players will win the award. It's a lot of great basketball happening right now yes. in the Valley. Absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I, it was really tough for me to decide on who I, who I was going to get my first place and uh, second place votes to. In fact, I mean... The the form you send out, you're like have to vote one through seven. It's like I'm, whomever I'm voting on as seventh, like could easily be first. Yeah, this I, is really good. Yeah, I I changed my mind several times, especially in that four through seven. I think the top three were fairly easy for me. Although I changed my mind as to who was number one like two or three times. 
Um, but yeah, voting for everyone. Like you said, the number seven is like almost worthy of the player of the week, just except for the fact they won't because, you know, there's a bunch of other players who did really well. <laughs> so it's like, it's crazy how many great weeks there were. Almost one player from like, so there's seven nominees. There's what, 10? Um, 10 or 12 schools between boys and girls basketball? 12 between boys and girls, yeah. yeah. So, so more than half of the schools had a representative as a player of, the, uh, player of the week nominee, which is not something I expected to be doing. I expected to only have between like three and five nominees every week. And it's seven. <laughs> uh, didn't make our job easy. So we'll reveal who it is uh, tomorrow, during tomorrow's show, uh, at around 4.30 is when we plan to reveal that. So stay tuned for that coming up tomorrow. A couple more texts coming through here on the Full Court Press. Uh, a lot of you texting in 435-339-0321. Uh, the chime in on the Full Court Press uh, today. And uh, 8798 texting in. We've not played anyone good enough in the preseason schedule that should get us any top 25 votes. Still trying to figure out how good we actually are, even with us being undefeated. Yeah, that is, as I said, like Utah State, they're showing they're a good team. They're really good offensively. I kind of said this last week where a growing concern was defense. It's been less of a concern the last couple of weeks, but it's still something to keep an eye on. Like, is this team good defensively? Because they showed they were good defensively in the first game or two. They they showed they could be really good defensively. Then they were terrible defensively for like three, four games. They've rebounded. So it's like, all right, who is this team really defensively? This is a team that's not scored less than 75 points in a game so far. We know they're good offensively. There'll probably come a day where they score below 70, but it's not going to happen often. There's going to be a lot of free Culvers being handed out <laughs> this year. Yeah, but they're, they're, you're right. The thing that is a little bit concerning is just how much they're giving up. As well, I mean, they've given up 89, 85, 81, um, the 74. So they've had some games where they've they've given up quite a bit. Just their offensive skill, just they overpower uh, their opponents. But you know, uh, there was some concern late Saturday night in that first half. They just were flat. The outside shots weren't hitting. They were even missing the bunnies that were just down low, and. Uh, Leola Marymount, they're hitting shots from outside. They got one player who just was hot and they couldn't stop him. It's 32-19. You're like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a bad late night in Vegas, which I think a few of us have had a few of those over the years. Speaking from personal experience. <laughs> but but uh, you know, then they go to half. Well, before halftime, they start to figure some things out. And um, then at, after halftime, they were late coming out of the locker room. Like, Loyola Marymount was on the court warming up for a solid two and a half minutes before USU eventually came out of the locker room just before it was time to start the second half. And whatever they were discussing in there got things figured out because they were a lot sharper on their defensive rotations. They continued to attack the basket and attack Loyola Marymount. And that was something that was pretty consistent early on is consistently attack them because – they are prone to commit fouls, and boy, did they ever. Yeah, Utah State got to the line quite a bit. I think 31 free throw attempts by the end of the game. Something in the 30s. Yeah, it was in the 30s. Um, and, yeah, a lot of different guys get to the line. Shulga 
Shoga scored 18 points. Or is it 16? I think it was 16 Shoga, points. 18. 18? Total. Oh, yeah, cause, yeah, he was the leading scorer. He, uh, so he had 18 points. He made three baskets. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Which I meant to look up how many players Utah State history had done, and I got distracted looking that up. So maybe I'll look that up and, and tell you guys later. Funk only made three baskets, yeah. and he ended up with six points. Yeah. So, <laughs> bit of a difference. Bit of a difference. Shoga ended up making, I think, um, so he had three baskets. One of them was a three. Right. And then he had, what, the 11 free throws? Like 11 for 13? 11 made free throws. So, yeah, he did, he did pretty well. Uh, Dan Akin, of course, got in the line. He went like six for six from the free throw line, which is, I mean, if you throw out the first game where Akin went uh, 0 for 4, He's made 73% of his free throws. But yeah, there are stretches where uh, during the season, Utah State free throw shooting was ugh, not great. It, did, it was looking really shady, but they were great Saturday night, Sunday morning. Uh, 80% free throw shooting uh, for the team, basically 81%. Um, everybody really shot the ball well at the free throw line, well, except for Bearstow, who missed his two, only two attempts. Yeah, Bearstow is a... He's just not that great of a shooter. And it, it's been nice to see him uh, recover a little bit where he's you know, he's been able to score the last couple of games. And a lot of that is because there's been more of a focus in getting to the hoop. And that's his strength. He's not finishing at the insane level he was last year where he was like top 30 in finishing at the rim in the entire country. But it's still good. So... He'll be a big factor in some games. We look at the last two games, and, and uh, the players talked about it, coaches talked about it, how teams are selling out on stopping the three-point shot. So you will not shoot threes against us. And Utah State's been like, mm, fine. We'll make it to the bucket in the free-throw line. Or, you know, the basket in the free-throw line. And, well, two double-digit wins later, they're looking just fine, even without the, the you know, Thing that's kind of defined the team. They were the best three-point shooting team in the country, and they've won the last two games by double digits, with like a combined six, seven threes made. I think. I think they made four last time out, and like three or four against San Francisco. It's like seven or eight three-pointers, yeah. if, if I can remember off the top of my head, between those two games. You know, they averaged twenty-eight attempts per game. In the last two games combined, they've attempted, I think, 31. 31 and 32. They're not shooting threes, and they're still winning by double digits. It's very impressive what they're doing right now. A couple more texts coming through, 7994. If the Aggies win through the Christmas tournament, would they gain any national respect? It would probably mean beating Iona and maybe Washington State, which are a couple more teams in the top 50. Or Well, Iona's top 50 in the NET. Washington State, I think, is – I can't remember where they're at. So but I actually just looked this up before the text because they had it handy just in case. So they, they will face Seattle. We do know that. Seattle is 77 today. If they beat Seattle and if Iona wins their opener, Utah State will face Iona. Iona is 34 so that will be a quad one game. Washington State, if the Aggies end up facing the Cougars, uh, they are currently 67. So that will be a quad two game for Utah State. So two quad twos and one quad one potential 
in Hawaii for the Aggies. Yeah, so there's a bit more in terms of schedule you can get from there. It, if you win out through Christmas, if you if you head into Fresno State undefeated, you're probably ranked in the top 25. Maybe. If you're not, you're like one of the first couple of teams on that list of others receiving votes. Well, even if the, the resume isn't super strong, the fact that they've still gone through that and remain undefeated... Win, wins should still stand for something, even if they're yeah. not. Because it's not like they're all quad four games that they're playing and, and teams that they're defeating. So if they go through and they come back from Hawaii still undefeated, they should be a top 25 team. Yeah, should be. The thing is, like I said, the AP voters, you have to catch their eye. Utah State has not caught their eye because they've not beaten. Well, the only reason they are catching their eye is because there's a zero in the loss column. They see that and they say, oh, Interesting. Maybe they look at the schedule and they say, oh, okay, maybe that's not that impressive. And they move on. Right. If they were undefeated and averaging a 15 to 17, maybe even 20 point margin of victory every night, then they would be undefeated. They would be in the AP top 25. Yeah, probably. But they're not too far away from that where they're winning most of their games by double digits. There's what? One game that's not been decided by double digits? Or two games Utah Tech and San Diego. Aren't all the rest have been decided by double digits? San Diego was by two. Utah by Tech two? by five. Um, UNLV was by 11. Bradley was by like 22 or something. Yeah, the LMU was by 12. So you know, San Francisco by 18. Yeah. So, so like, so mo- yeah. they're averaging a double-digit margin of victory. I mean, they're, 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 their net rating by offensive and defensive rating is like plus 18 per 100 possessions. Bradley by 22. So, so it's like, yeah. so th- they're not far off from that. It's just that no, they're not impressed true. by the schedule. But right now it says 8-0. and if, you, if that number becomes 13-0, and well, that becomes much more impressive. And then that's what pops out to voters. Is okay, they're 13-0. and they can go on my ballot just because they're thirteen and zero, seven and zero, eight and zero. It jumps out a little bit. It's gotten them on two ballots, but you know, it, there's nothing else impressive. And there's not going to be much until they go to Hawaii. Yeah, that's going to catch anybody's attention because an, an NAIA school and then a team that's in the three twenty range. Yeah, they're is not going to turn a lot of heads. They might jump on somebody else's ballot. By, uh, you know, after these next two games, if they blow them out by like 40 each time. True. Maybe there's somebody who was, and if, and if somebody in the, you know, in the 20 to 25 range loses, then maybe somebody who'd be considering Utah State puts them in. Um, they'll only get on more ballots just by default in these cases. They're not going to earn their way onto ballots with these next two games. It really does come down to Hawaii. Uh, five eight seven nine. So, how did they miss it so bad with the Mountain West preseason pool uh, poll, where they rank Utah State number eight? Well, I wasn't exactly in too much disagreement with them, so you throw me in with that. Yeah, you and I both. Um, we just probably really underestimated the offensive capability because I thought. This team, well, to be honest, I thought this team would be de- better defensively than they are. But I thought they'd be a lot worse offensively. 
So I overrated their defense slightly. I massively underrated their offense. And they've kind of been playing over their heads offensively. They're still a good offensive team, even if they like, you know, they've calmed down shooting wise and they're still scoring in the in the high 70s. So they're still a good offensive team. But we just didn't expect Taylor Funk to be this good on offense, this reliable shooting. We didn't expect Stephen Ashworth to run out and you know I projected him to average like nine points per game. He's averaging like eighteen and a half. I projected Taylor Funk at like fifteen. He's averaging like seventeen or sixteen. You know, there are guys who are way overperforming an offense. So people just didn't know how good this offense was going to be, myself included. And that's the the biggest reason is because people didn't think Utah State was going to be crazy good on offense. Yeah, I, I didn't I wasn't sure what to expect from Funk uh and or Akin. Uh and uh, to be frank, uh I, Shulga had a nice run internationally, but I didn't know how that would translate to his growth as an Aggie. So, yeah, there there were questions that we we raised and clearly we're happy to be wrong as wrong as we were. But we could also say that we did this on purpose because the last time the Aggies were ranked in that position, they ended up winning the conference. So, yeah, I think I posted that <laughs> earlier with the, like how often Utah State gets, you know, or it's just not how often, it's just when they get picked low, they tend to exceed expectations, sometimes drastically. I think there were two other occasions where Utah State was picked like seventh or eighth and they finished in the top of the conference. Now, some other schools that uh, people were high on are performing well. Um, New Mexico, UNLV, uh, expected good seasons out of them, and so far that has been true. Fresno State has struggled. Wyoming has struggled. Wyoming has injury issues uh, because, of, and that's by and large why they're not performing quite like they expected. So it's it's been an interesting year so far for the Mountain West, but um, six teams in the top 100 right now uh, in the uh, NCAA net. That's very, very solid start. Uh, for the conference, and several other teams uh, making big moves over the last week. Uh, Ho- uh, San Jose and Wyoming both making big strides over the last week in their uh, individual rankings. Uh, more to get to on that and to recapping that game uh, against Loyola Marymount, where the Aggies stand. Uh, coming up next here on the Full Court Press. Happy holidays from Birch Creek Golf Course. For your golfer this Christmas, I invite you to visit birchcreekgolf.com. Birch Creek's online store offers punch passes that are on sale at the spring sale price, as well as driving range passes and discounted golf lessons from our PGA teaching staff. So for your golfer this Christmas, I invite you to visit birchcreekgolf.com and enjoy Birch Creek's virtual online store. And happy holidays from your friends at Birch Creek. Prodigy Brewing has so much appreciation and gratitude for the warm embrace Cash Valley has given us. We want to invite you to join us for Sunday brunch from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Our Sunday-only brunch menu features sweet and savory options such as chorro French toast, chilequiles, fried chicken egg sandwich, and a Bloody Mary bar. You also won't want to miss our hash browns. Whether you're out with the family or friends, Prodigy Brewing is the place to be in Cache Valley. Open seven days a week, located at 25 West Center Street in beautiful downtown Logan. This is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. We are humbled by and grateful for the tremendous support we have been shown since opening our doors nearly two years ago. So we just want to say thank you. On behalf of everyone at White Pine, first and foremost, thank you for allowing us the honor and privilege of serving you and caring for your loved ones. Additionally, 
Thank you for voting White Pine the best mortuary in Cache Valley in both 2021 and 2022. White Pine Funeral Services, here when you need us most. Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit jobs.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. This is Zach with HSA Depot. Christmas is nearly here. Make sure you be merry and bright by using your pre-tax funds on your medical needs. We know your regular holiday budget is disappearing quick. So instead, save money by using your pre-tax income to buy qualifying medical supplies. HSA Depot carries hundreds of unique and dashing eligible products to help you conquer your health care. Come to HSA Depot next to Sally Beauty Supply and see how much you can save this holiday season. HSA Depot, five-star review. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Jason Walker, we've got a bunch more of your texts that have come through, but so we've it's just become official for us here. Now, I had mentioned that it's bowl week. Bulls get started on Saturday, and we're going to be carrying a number of the Bulls, not just Saturday, but throughout the Bulls season, and that will include Utah State and the uh, Memphis Tigers on December 27th. So we have confirmed uh, that we will have full play-by-play coverage here on 106.9 The Fan It'll be simulcast on KVNU. We're also getting uh, bowl games like the, the the Frisco Bowl, Boise State in North Texas, the Idaho Potato Bowl, San Jose State versus Eastern Michigan, the Armed Forces Bowl, which will be Baylor versus Air Force, the Quick Lane Bowl, New Mexico State versus Bowling Green, ReliaQuest Bowl, Illinois, and Mississippi State. So these were this was a a company that was going to be doing radio broadcasts for a number of bowls, and they reached out to us. I guess we need to make that very clear to some, <laughs> that they reached out to us to see if we'd be interested in carrying any or all of these bowl games, and uh, we are going to do that. So we're going to have a lot of different bowl games here on the fan through bowl season starting this this weekend, and that will include... The Utah State versus Memphis game on December 27th. That game will also be simulcast on KVNU. And uh, Jason, you're going to make the trip. You're going to be down in Dallas to cover the Aggies. Yeah, I'll person. be there. I'll be there. So I won't be listening to the broadcast. I'll be uh, very much watching and uh, following along. And it'll be a fun trip. That'll be cool. So you'll have some uh, reports from there and to watch for it on Cash Valley Daily. We'll try to find some ways to, to connect with you while you're there in other areas and other ways as well. But uh, it's going to be a fun week. Uh, well, a couple of weeks, really, with bowl season starting on Saturday, and we'll have a lot of them here uh, on the fan games. A lot of bowl games connected to the Mountain West. That was Those were the games that were of most priority to us, um, but uh, there's a few others that got thrown in there. But um, the, the fact that we're going to be able to have – the Utah State bowl game here in town, that's really exciting. Yeah, it's nice to have 
Aggie football on the home of Aggie radio coverage. <laughs> the traditional home, yes. Uh, a couple more texts coming through here on a full-court press text line. Uh, 5338 texting in. Great news. I will soon be available to interview. Signed, Chris Beard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was released this afternoon after being taken into custody early this morning on domestic violence charges. Yeah. About 10 minutes ago, it was, it's was. it been reported that he's been suspended without pay. From a couple of different people, I think, have, have reported that now. So he's suspended. We'll see what happens. Yes. Uh, also, Xavier Williams and Garrett Larson are also in the portal. I'm wondering about Xavier Williams coming back, given the depleted uh, receiving core for next year. Yeah, it's interesting that he would leave, considering the uh, there's a big old hole in that X receiver. Like the the guys coming back are both slot receivers, the two most notable guys, uh, Van Leeuwen and uh, Terrell Vaughn. They're you know inside receivers, but Plenty of room for those outside receivers, but Utah State's also kind of been loading up on JUCO receivers. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know Xavier Williams, Ziggy Williams, uh, but I, all I know is that I observed him in practice, and we saw, you know, a few times that he saw the field. He, it, it's not like that guy didn't have opportunities, and there were opportunities for him to play, but. Other guys, younger guys, you could even say more inexperienced guys, took snaps because they earned them, and we saw what they were able to do with it. So Xavier Williams came in at the same time as Brian Cobbs did. Yes. I don't think Cobbs came in with more institutional, you know, an institutional head start over Williams. It was just he earned those. Like, and that's what I say, it's outside receiver. Like, you know, Van Leeuwen and, and – uh, uh, Vaughn, you know, earned their spots because, again, different kind of position as far as wide receiver. Williams isn't really a slot receiver. Maybe he could have earned some snaps there anyway because he's, you know, six foot. It's kind of close. But still, every chance to earn those those snaps, like you said, and just didn't. Now he's going to go somewhere else to find them. Yeah, and I, we've, we see this from time to time. If somebody transfers from a – a P5 conference, a P5 school, there is there is hype attached to them. And I understand it. I mean, they had to have been pretty good to be recruited to go to that school anyway. But just because you were on uh, the roster there doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work at the new destination. I hope he finds some place that does work for him. But he had plenty of opportunity to do something here, and unfortunately just it never worked out. Yeah, and that's the way it is. You know, landing these P5 guys, it's like landing the four-star recruits because a lot of times they were four-star guys. And you get hyped because of that talent. But, you know, if you look at the – I'm always reminded when I go and I look at the recruits, like especially for Utah State basketball, and I look at the guys who are the t- most top-rated recruits in Aggie basketball history, none of them, almost none of them, were even relevant on the team. It's usually underrated, guys. So, uh, uh, more texts coming through. We'll get to those. More updates uh, with some, yeah, weird day in coaching, not just in uh, with uh, with Chris Beard, but we'll update you on more of that coming up next on the Full Court Press. 
Spend less time at the post office. With Formax and Mint mailing systems from Les Olson IT, you can quickly, accurately, and easily process your outgoing mail and even save on postage. Fold your documents, stuff and seal your envelopes, print addresses, weigh and measure to apply proper postage, all with the click of a button. With multiple model options available, you're sure to find a Formax solution and Mint mailing device that perfectly fits your business needs. Les Olson IT. Happy holidays and thank you for letting Cash Valley Ear, Nose and Throat, the Allergy Clinic and the Hearing Aid Center take care of your family medical needs. Make sure you call now for an appointment before the end of the year to utilize your cafeteria funds. Located in Providence and the new Three Peaks Medical Plaza, North Logan. The entire staff, along with Drs. Benyon, Blotter and Robinette, wish you a safe and wonderful holiday. Go to CashValleyENT.com for details. Most insurance products included. Select Med are accepted. As a small business, achieving your financial goals and ambitions can be a steep and rocky mountain climb. This is Lance Zollinger, president at Cash Valley Bank. To conquer the mountain and achieve your goals, it takes planning, hard work, and discipline. At Cash Valley Bank, we have the resources, expertise, and flexibility to help you scale your way to success. Give us a call. Let's work together and climb the mountains that await. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cash Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cash Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs. With competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cash Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Uh, the other news yet yeah, today, besides the Chris Beard stuff, um, apparently Mike Leach, um, with a, what the university would only refer to as a medical event, uh, taken to the hospital uh, late last night. But some additional reporting seems to indicate that now, I've seen one thing or a few different things. One seemed to indicate that he had a heart attack, a massive heart attack, and another seemed to indicate he had a stroke and then a heart attack. Not exactly sure what it was, but it doesn't look good for Coach Mike Leach. Yeah, at this point it's speculation and, as to, as I said, exactly what happened. I've seen things that have indicated one thing or another and others, rumors and rumblings that, yeah, it's not looking good. Not not the, good at all. To the point where it's very likely we may lose a, you know, a key part of the college football experience. You know, we we have a laugh over the things that Mike Leach says, but I mean, for one, that's a positive thing for college football. We've all yes. shared a laugh with Mike Leach. We're not laughing at him. We're we're laughing with him in the uh, in the stuff that he said. And he's also, you know, a good coach. Well, he's had an in- incredible impact on. College football, a lot of people have come out of the Mike Leach coaching tree. A lot. 
He has tremendously impacted the way the game is played today with his offensive schemes. So uh, if we learn any more details by the time the show is over, we'll be sure to pass them on with you. Stick around. We've got more coming up next hour. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The L.A. Chargers have been one of the more scrutinized teams in the NFL this season, but after last night's win over the Dolphins, there could be hope in L.A. Chargers are now 7-6, and six, and the team is finally starting to get healthy. Star receivers Keenan Allen and Mike Williams have missed a total of 11 games, and Justin Herbert hampered early in the season with a rib injury. That no longer appears to be an issue. Allen and Williams combined for over 200 yards receiving last night, and Herbert looked like his former self, throwing for over 360. With the Chiefs still three games ahead of the Chargers in the AFC West, it's hard to see L.A. making a run at the divisional title. But don't let the Chargers' tough start fool you. If this team continues to build off last night, L.A. could have the makings of a team that nobody wants to see come playoff time. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.